You're listening to In the Open, a Mental Health America podcast, a space where we explore mental health and navigate the challenges of life through honest and candid conversation. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to In the Open. It's Teresa. I'm here with America. Hi, everyone. We are finishing up all of our podcasts with an I Can series. And today we're going to talk about I can do hard things. I know this topic is tied to like in my brain when I thought about this, like motivation, energy. But then I started to think about, oh, no, (laughs) paralysis, fear. (laughs) Yeah. Like I'm surprised your brain went there first because mine was immediately went to, oh, wow, that means you're actually going to have to do things instead of just talking about them. Mm. So that paralysis. Yeah. So you you just talk about stuff for a long time before you just <laughs> I, I tend I tend not to just talk about stuff. Like I really try to get to a place of solution, but I think the thing that I am feeling right now is a little bit of anxiety around when you actually put the intention towards doing a hard thing, it does require energy and action. Yeah. Which sometimes it's hard. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah, okay, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard. It wouldn't be called a hard thing if it wasn't hard. It was yes, hard. Yes, yes. Yeah. Maybe that's the differentiator, right? Because if it was easy to do, I would just do it. Mm-hmm. But when I think about what are the hard things that I don't want to do, I think my, my brain was thinking about in moments of depression, it feels physically just difficult to do something. And then the other side is that anxiety that you talked about. So mm-hmm. when I avoid certain things, and and that is harder, that paralysis. And I don't know if you experience this, but I've come to learn of late <laughs> that my avoidance brain makes has made it so that I, I'm not even aware that I wasn't doing something. I was avoiding it so much I had convinced myself I didn't need to do it. <laughs> Oh, interesting. Okay. Like repair relationships. And this whole conversation that we've had in the last month or so has really helped me understand the depth of my avoidance. Like <laughs> give the, me an the example. the hardest things to do. Like repairing relationships with people I don't want to, to be kind. Like last week we talked about forgiveness. And, what if, and I'm like, what if I don't want to forgive people? <laughs> What if I want to stay in a place where it's easier to be mean? I can understand that. Not about being mean, about the pl- wanting to stay in a in a place of comfort because that's what it is. I'm okay with things how they are until the moment that you're kind of brought back into the chaos of whatever emotion it is that you're trying to avoid and you're like, oh, I was supposed to take care of this thing. Yeah. I find with the hardest things that I don't do, it's always been my willingness to hear what other people say to make the change that's the hardest for me. (laughs) It comes with that initial pain of recognizing your real areas for growth is like accepting criticism and not getting defensive. (laughs) So I had a situation come up recently where – And I don't know, I have to really explore this. The person was sharing how I made them feel about a certain situation, right? What, how my actions made them feel. And 
all I wanted to do was laugh, like just laugh. And I couldn't control my face to be like, don't laugh. And I wasn't laughing. I was not really laughing, but I was, I think, I guess I had a, a look on my face that was enough that they were like, you're not taking me seriously. And then I couldn't, I couldn't. And even right now, when I think about the situation, like all I wanted to be like, yeah, cause it's, it's hilarious. Like to me, it's funny. And I, I did my best to get through that. And I, and I apologized. And I said, I'm really not trying to not listen to you or degrade whatever it is that you're sharing. It's just, I can't, I can't help this reaction in this moment. But it, it led me to think about like, why the hell are you laughing about this? Like, what, what's so funny about it? It wasn't that they, they were like criticizing me. They were saying, you did this thing. It hurt my feelings. And I was like, okay, I got it. I wasn't really in agreement about how they felt, which is fine. It's up to them to feel how they feel. But I think the funny side of it for me, the existed in, it's like how both worlds of like one thing was said, another thing was felt. And then both of these things are like mixed together. And it was just funny as hell, how two different people can interpret one situation completely different. And I, I don't know. That's what I'm getting at, like, around the funny aspect. I don't know, dude. I, I'm, huh. I I'm going to call you out. out. Because, Tell me. Well, I don't know. Because it's like, okay, I understand that you evaluated the situation, but it drew up a, an uncomfortable feeling. Like, when you laughed, were you also uncomfortable? I wasn't uncomfortable with my feelings. I think I was uncomfortable with them believing – that what I had done was wrong. Okay. I'm not wrong Your here. Your defense mechanisms went up immediately. You're I was definitely defensive. I was like, yeah. okay, if you're going to say that, you have to look at all these things. But mm -hmm. Those are all defense statements. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> but I know what you mean, though. Like in that moment when somebody calls you out, it's really – you feel that defense mechanism rise up right away. And like we do have immediate emotional reactions, whether yeah. it's – laughter or trying to have the mental juggles <laughs> yeah deflector shields you know so um, do you think that responsibility <laughs> do you think that my laughing was tied to my defensiveness yeah yeah okay. whether or not you're right in your defensiveness is a separate question right right but i think when we feel defensive we have a choice we can learn to sit with that feeling Mm-hmm. And when I think when we're defensive, the focus goes from whoever's hurt, who's trying to tell you something, mm -hmm. back to yourself. And in that moment, it's a little selfish, right? I'm going to be defensive. I'm going to make up all these reasons in my head. You've drawn away the focus from the other person who is trying to ask you to focus on their needs. Mm -hmm. And our choice is how do I manage what I'm feeling right now to just listen and be with you when it took a lot for you to swallow whatever was happening to say you hurt me, which is very hard to do. Okay. <laughs> whether or not you're right is not the point. Yes, yes. It's just about the aspect of being in that space and receiving what is being shared. Yeah, yes. they're hurt. Yeah. Yes. Whether or not you're right is not the point, but it so makes sense with how hard it is to be there, to 
listen to someone's hurt, especially if we don't feel like it's justified. Okay. That helps me think about that a little differently. I mean, in that moment, I imagine if you're laughing at this person. I wasn't laughing. If it was my partner, that would especially trigger them. I mean, and we trigger each other all the time. I fight yesterday, you know? It's like, oh, God, I literally can't stop myself from doing the thing that I know makes it worse. Yeah, I didn't actually laugh. I just had a, um, I think I had a smirk on my face. Yeah, and was it was enough for them. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, totally. It was enough. Yeah, it's so interesting because in this way, I I really feel you. Like in the moment where we're wrestling with our emotions, the hardest thing we can do is set ourselves aside mm-hmm. to be present, focused, and not get defensive. <laughs> This should be called, it is hard to not be reactive and defensive. <laughs> yeah, you know, after that, I, w- I will tell you, I did do what you're saying. Like, I took the time afterwards, separate by myself, to really think, this person has shared this feeling mm-hmm. without you being right or nothing, without any of that additional baggage, your reaction should have been What? And then I was like, okay, fine. I'm going to have to apologize, you know? Mm, yeah. And so I, I did. I apologized. And not in that, um, not in an offhanded way. It's like, I'm sorry I made you feel this way. That's the <laughs> not bad. That. That's, yeah. yeah. That's a not genuine good. apology. Yes. I said, you know, I'm really sorry for my actions. I didn't realize that they were, they were going to make you feel what you felt. And what you felt, I would have also felt. And yeah. so I'm really sorry that that's where we landed. I feel like apologizing, learning how to apologize correctly is new in humanity. (laughs) It's really hard. I've never heard it talked in mainstream media. I don't have TV shows that show me how to do that well. I see all the opposite. Yeah. Like we've been all taught to do the opposite, basically pummel people (laughs) to our will. (laughs) And that's cool somehow, you know? I think it's very hard to apologize. It's very hard to see our faults and to acknowledge them and to make change. I have to agree with you. What you really see like on TV and all that, not at all healthy in relationship building. I've only seen, oh man, you know where I've seen this? Um, I'm going to age myself. Like in the old school 90s um, TV shows, like, you know, the family shows. There have been some distinct shows that I remember thinking, wow, they really meant what they said. It's, I know it's all scripted, duh. But the way in which it was delivered, right? It's not like, I'm sorry you felt that way. Mm-hmm. Which it really is offhanded. Like, those are your feelings. I'm in my own world. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Instead of really being um, honoring whatever was, whatever hurt has occurred and saying, my bad. Yo, I really did not even fathom that what I was saying to you was going to hurt you in that way. Yeah. What else is hard to do? Oh, I can tell you another hard thing. Another hard thing that I have learned and I'm still practicing is being able to pause in the moment and stop my brain from doing all the negative things that it wants to do. That's a lifelong skill. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's better, sometimes it's easier. (laughs) 
when I'm emotional. It's so hard. Yes. Do you have a trick to help you do that? I don't I don't know that I have a trick, <laughs> but what I have learned is I take a breath. Uh-huh. And I just stay quiet. And that's that's the hardest thing for me just be like yeah, bite your tongue, like don't. Yeah. But I know what's off-putting to some folks is that I may not communicate what's happening and I'll and for like if I were arguing with you and then I just stay quiet, they'd be like Mm. Or you stay quiet. And instead of me saying, let me think about my response for a moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then to pause and be able to correctly request pause. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh my so gosh. that it can't be misinterpreted as you not wanting to talk about X or anything like that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Literally yesterday we got in a fight and I was like, why are you talking to me? <laughs> I was not meaning to say that. I was I was so angry. Probably what I meant was if I had said it in a calm way, I, I don't even know what would have been the better response. It might have been like, because it doesn't sound right either way. And I can't say like, I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> right. I'm just trying to clarify with him, you know, like someone yes, else, yes. you know, I was like, why are you yes. talking to me? I did that. Was that yesterday? I was uh, I was leaving a, a voicemail message and I was doing a bunch of things. So in the moment, I like called this person back and I was like, let us know what you want from us. And I was like, Ugh. Ugh, can I delete that? Can I delete that? You know, and I couldn't. So I was like, it sounds so harsh. Yeah. I was like, okay, well, lesson learned. You can't do 75 million things and try to do this one more thing that requires time and attention. Yeah. The pace of society has made this harder for me, I think. There are so many ways to communicate. Phone, Slack, text, blah, 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 everything. I can't keep it straight. And so my brain is always – I feel yes. – do you feel like your brain is moving faster today than it did 10 years ago? <laughs> yes, it's it's pushed us to function in all these different areas in a way that we did not used to function. Yeah. And it even makes me think about how – like right now I have – early preteens in my in my family and a year and a half ago they were just like babbling blah 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 all the time now it's like one syllable words oh my gosh yes no <laughs> fine good great okay like literally and in these moments i also have to take pause and say to myself they're not being disrespectful they're not trying to – don't take this personally. This is just where they're existing in their world and in this moment. Yeah. Which is also very hard to do. It, it goes back to that pausing thing. Like I'm really trying my hardest to do that. I actually really love this segue into another hard thing. It's it's hard to let other people just be themselves. Oh, yeah. That's really hard. Like it ties to that control aspect or what you mm -hmm. expect others to be and just mm -hmm. accepting – Where's the line between accepting a person for who they are, but also it runs up against how to communicate or figure out if change is needed, you know, because I can see acceptance also just being complicitness, like, well, I just don't think you can change. So I'm just going to accept you. But that means, and well, in an extreme, it feels like I just stop caring. Yes. Other people might say, well, I just let it go and I can still positively stay in this relationship. You know, 
And yeah, that's, that's hard. a very hard thing. That distinction between the two places that you've identified, I've had conversations recently with some of my girlfriends where there is this notion that, I don't know if this is how all people feel, but this is how some of the people that I talk to feel, that you can change. If there's something, a behavior that's impacting a relationship, it's up to the people to modify that behavior to then make it conducive for both. Mm-hmm. And then when you get to this place of like, fine, I'm going to let them be who they are. So are you giving in? Right. And not, yeah. and so yeah. then the the argument that exists in my in my brain is, well, why do you have to give in? Why yeah. can't you also be accepted for who you are? Yeah. You know, I think this is a whole like living life thing, but <laughs> at least in recent conversations, I've landed at a place where one, it felt very certain that with change and the, the battle between acceptance versus change is like, there's no end goal. Because I think when we force people to change, we think, well, there's an end goal. I, It's finished when I've molded you to be X or whatever, when mm. you are X. And you're like, if you always hold that future vision of that thing in your mind, it's just sometimes so much, you too much, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and that's the vision you have every time versus letting go that expectation to let the journey take you in small steps towards positive growth, change, you know? That's like one aspect. I love that idea, but it's really hard. <laughs> just hearing you say that, like, I... I would love, I would love to just think, like, let things flow. Yeah. And that's a hard thing for me to do. So it's also recognizing what that triggers in me to then address it and then be able to, you know, set the stage for me to actually say, okay, that's okay that you feel that way. You should still let yeah. things flow. Yeah. And that maybe that's the difference. It's like, I'm not letting it go. I like that you said, I'm going to let it flow. Mm-hmm. because the risk is that it makes you resentful and right. angry because you're not saying I won't ever continue to try. Right. You're kind of making yes. a choice to flow. Yeah, I like it. Flow. I think when you get a response that somebody's like, well, no, I'm never going to do that. That's a very different mm. response compared to let me think about it. Mm-hmm. And that's enough. That's enough of an entry point to be like, okay, maybe, maybe in 70 years you'll change. You're thinking about it. I think that's why there's so many phrases in our culture about like, you can't control the other person. You can only control yourself, you know? (laughs) Yes. It's like, snap out of that brain space where you want people to do what you want them to do. Mm -hmm. Can I tell you the other thing that came in my brain? Yeah. This is, this is really hard for me. I do this all the time, so I'm trying to not to do it all the time. It's trying to find a solution. Mm. Because of how my brain works and how and how order is great and conducive to comfort for me, when there is something that is not resolved or has a solution, it creates havoc. And you cannot always have a solution. The solution may be there is no solution, right? But 
that is really hard for me to accept that in conversations or in situations that come in life, it's like, maybe it's you agreeing that you're never going to agree with this thing. Great. Or just saying, I have no control over that. And it just is what it is. So that piece is something that I have to work every day. Every day. Every day. Do you just use that mantra? <laughs> is there a yeah. mantra you've adjusted to to help you? No. What helps? Screaming into the abyss. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, what helps me is kind of like separating myself from whatever situation and just kind of going into a little cocoon and being like, mm. it's okay. Nothing. Nothing's happening here. Relax. Just calming my body down. Mm. That's what it is. That's where it's interesting because avoidance is a coping skill. Mm -hmm. It can be problematic, but it's not always bad. No, you no. You recognize no. that the distress that you feel in unresolved issues, you're like, okay, I need to cocoon. I need a cocoon because I'm not going to, I'm not going to make the situation better. Yes. And I think part of that is also it's a learned skill to be able to recognize that that's what you need to be able to then move to the next phase of like recovery. Like yeah, great. To repair. We've, we've, yes, totally. Uh, <sighs> mm -hmm, yep. Repair. That's where I, I know I have to scream stop and cocoon if I feel defensive in a fight. So do you actually say it out loud? Uh, No, in my head, it has to sound way louder than. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't say it out loud. I mean, I'm like you. I learned that I – and we haven't figured this out quite yet, but like we need to stop. We need to we need to step away. We need to take a moment. This isn't going to be productive. Yeah. I, I'm thinking of the language that we use sometimes when we get into these spaces because I have found that if you don't practice this, it can be jarring to some people that – it's just like, okay, so we're not going to talk about this thing anymore. And it's like, no, not that. I'm just saying right now. And that's why communication is key, right? To be able to say, no, I'm feeling very overwhelmed by our conversation or whatever. And I'm going to come back to it. Can we talk about it in 10 minutes, half an hour tomorrow? Mm -hmm. But that piece of just being able to, inform it's information giving. This is what's happening here in this space right now. I'm sharing with this this with you so that you can account for it and not feel like I'm not taking your feelings into account. Yeah. That's huge. Can we turn to positivity? Yes. Like when I've been depressed, it is so hard to be positive. I think you've seen me in moments like this in my life. Yeah, I have. And I was really reflecting on this because I uh, – like I have – the last couple of years, like winter has been really tough. And I was telling somebody recently, like, I'm feeling really grateful that right now I don't feel like I'm entering into a depressed episode because mm -hmm. the last couple have been so bad. And one, that was huge revelation. Like, whoa, right. normally the situation would knock me off my feet. I need to take a moment and and like give myself credit. <laughs> Fabulous. And like sit with this. Like, yeah, I'm like practicing, right? I was thinking back. I'm like, okay, I couldn't in those moments, I couldn't reach happiness. I couldn't reach positivity. But gratitude was probably the closest thing 
that I could, but even that was hard, but it was the closest thing. And I know of people who listen, like, I, I do sound like a curmudgeon, and then I hate myself for sounding like a curmudgeon. But I, I think it's been really helpful in this whole journey to recognize, like, okay, when you're in that really bad space, like, just start with thankfulness. Yeah. <laughs> just start with, I am grateful for the softness of this bed. I am grateful to be alive, to choose to be alive. I think that's one of the most powerful things that that you share today. Because in our toughest moments, when we are not only being tough on ourselves, but tough on others around us, you lack hope. You lack happiness. You lack the ability to see the goodness. And gratefulness, though, is a feeling and that, I see it like a little train, you know, mm-hmm. like you just add to it little by little and then it builds and it, and it kind of pulls hope along with it. It's so weird with my depressed brain because my intellectual brain had read about gratitude practice and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but my brain, my emotional brain was like, reject, <laughs> reject, you know, and then maybe only when you can feel good, can you see the way that those are true. Mm-hmm. And the key, though, is to really short, like, store that up a lot, the reality of that space. Yeah. For when you're going to hit a hard spot. So you don't just lose yourself to the darkness. Yeah. I don't know if you remember this, Teresa. Let me see if I'm saying this right. A while ago, we talked about something that I think it was one of your couples therapists that talked about how you're putting water into. You know what I'm talking about? Explain that again for me. Are you talking about the reserve? Yes, the reserve. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. This is like the emotional reserve. You're right. So like in good times, you want to build up your reservoir. You want to build mm-hmm. up your reserve. You're building up your toolbox so that you can – because if you don't do that intentionally, then in that moment that things go bad, you don't have anything to pull from. So our therapist was like, you have to do that as a couple too. You want to store up and really focus on all the positive that you have and build up your reserve so that when you're having conflict, you can hold on to that, Mm -hmm. that positive feeling, that knowing that safety, like whatever, all the good things that go into your reserve. But, But you also have to keep giving to it. You can't expect the reserve to be infinite. And static. It's right, something if you're you not have to actively contribute to it. Yeah. yeah. And see, I see the same concept for what you're talking about in gratitude, right? And yeah, totally. You constantly putting something in so that in your darkest moments, when you don't even have the thought and the ability to think about a good thing, you're like, oh, here's the reservoir of grateful things that I should be looking at. Maybe that's why this year has been a little bit. I mean, there are mon- many reasons why this year has been a little better. But yeah, no, I think I've come to be better at that practice. Then you kick yourself in the ass. Look at me. My brain, my my negative brain wants to be like, why are you such a dumbass? Why didn't you figure that out earlier? <laughs> it's like, stop. That's all right. Yeah. I, I love I love that for you. I also think when we think about all the things that we talked about so far, One of the hardest things is being nice to ourselves. We forget how critical we can be of ourselves. We do it all the time. We talk about it, you know, during the, during these sessions, but 
when you think even about the things that you should be grateful for, there's this other aspect of being able to say, you too have value. And that piece is really important because it leads, it builds up your skills in all of these other areas. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> I can tell you're triggering something inside of me. I, my brain immediately went to don't converse <laughs> because you're right. Because I think what you're saying is when we don't do that for ourselves, when we're not nice to ourselves, when we're not kind to ourselves, it is easy to be defensive. We're coming full circle to the beginning of our conversation. Defensiveness and reactivity is the root of not doing hard things. And does that start with ourselves, our own confidence, our own self-kindness? Because yeah, if you're going to tell me, hey, you're doing this wrong and I feel insecure, screw it. Yeah. My best self is not showing up to that conversation. <laughs> How do you practice self-kindness? Let's end on this. <laughs> like genuine, um, not like, oh, I take a bath, right? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Although that matters, like obviously taking I care will of tell you. I will give you a, a, a perfect example of how I did this the other day. We were out and about and I went to the store and it, it was a super fancy store. Things were like super expensive. And I found this little stuffed mouse. It was, it's tiny. It's like the size of my hand, which you wouldn't know what size, but my hands are small. Okay. (laughs) And it wasn't super expensive. And I was going to put it back. And then something within me was like, you like it. It made you really happy. And it truly made me really happy to just have this little thing. And I bought it. I bought it and I came home and then I showed my husband. I was like, look what I bought. And I was so happy about it. And he was like, oh, that's cute. It's a little mouse. And I was like, right. And I put it like in, you know, I have like um, my vanity or whatever. And it's full of stuff, little things that make me happy. And he was like, do you really need another thing? That's what he said. And I said, this was solely for me. It Mm -hmm. just made me so happy. So that for me was self-care. Yeah. And I feel like the most important part of that is that you are buying it, you are touching it, you are holding it, you are thinking about it, you put it somewhere near you. Mm-hmm. It is a slippery slope to hoarding. <laughs> I... <laughs> no, but, but this that's the addiction is, of yes. that thing that experience people have, right? It's I like feel that, you yeah. feel this joy, this happiness in that moment that it's your thing. Yeah, but for some reason, I think it tied to. I don't know. It made me feel like as happy as I was when I was a little girl, you know? Mm. So it's something deeper that I was just like, oh my God, I love this little thing. There's, there's a whole area of psychology too, where they talk about ruminating about happy memories as like, as a, as a a coping skill, Mm -hmm. you know? And maybe that's what you're tapping into, like how strong that experience can be to tap into, you know, happy memories that elicit these feelings of of that's beautiful too how lovely like when you're young and just so happy and joyful about this little thing that's so beautiful yeah i love that it's so cute tell me what's yours in that moment i think i tell myself they are not attacking you you are good (laughs) you are a good person (laughs) i don't know a lot of self-talk that's powerful Yeah, I I just have to practice not giving in to my automatic negative framing. Mm -hmm. One of the things that has always been a struggle for you is like you calling yourself out and giving yourself gold stars. Yeah. So when you talk about just saying 
the internal self-talk, they're not doing anything to you. Everything's fine. And you're a good person. That's like your, <laughs> that's like your internal gold star. Yeah, that's and it, and I recognize like today I'm like okay, 4 years from our journey, you know, like at least I could say you're you're good. Mm-hmm. You're not bad. And I think over time I'm going to get to you. You're a badass awesome person and really be able to feel that all the time. But I'm okay with where we are now, you know. Oh, that's fabulous. We're going to we have two more episodes left in our podcast. And uh, we look forward to um, connecting with you all next week. And we'll see where this takes us. Yeah. So keep fighting in the open, everyone. Bye.